mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work. I am Johnny Peck, and this is episode 21 of the show. This week, we have my second guest from my adventures in San Francisco. It is Brianne Chandler, a.k.a. Miss Movies. You might know Brianne as the host of Film Therapy. You might know her from Six Degrees of Feature Film. Uh, Brianne is a podcaster, a YouTuber, an all-round host. That's really what I wanted to talk to her about. Been messaging for quite a while, trying to tee something up, you know, over distance, but uh, both being in San Francisco at the same time made it the perfect opportunity to catch up and talk about the world of hosting and just like, I guess, a lot of the intricacies and uh, finer points of, of hosting that you don't really consider because there's a big difference between someone who hosts a, a podcast like this and someone who's doing the kind of things that you see Miss Movies doing. So here is Brienne. Enjoy the show. So far, it's been interesting. Um, I got hit by a crazy person uh, <laughs> in the head. Tweet. So that was fun. Yeah. It was just like kind of like a, a little more than a brush of the head. Definitely a right. hit. So like, it was a swing? They took a swing? Yeah, they yeah. did. Um, my husband luckily like moved me out of the way mm. or like mo- held me back. So like they couldn't completely hit me. Like if he didn't do that, she would have smacked me right in the right in the. Welcome face. to San Francisco. Yeah, say. what's that about? <laughs> I was like, wow, this is different. The last time I was here, I guess I don't really stay in the proper like Union Square proper. Yeah. Okay. When I've been here before, I don't know. This person seemed to be like close to my age. I'm like, where are you coming from? What? What's your story? They all have sad stories, I'm sure. I'm anyway, sure. let's talk about some happier <laughs> stories. Good things. Let's talk movies. You're miss movies, mm-hmm. and I know from listening to you on Pockets Full of Soup that I think you started with a blog. Who's that? Basically, the I origin started with a blog in 2004. It was called Hit or Miss Movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I was going to be Miss Movies when I started that. Like I just yeah. came up with that name, and it was available at the time. And I thought, wow, that's pretty simple and easy and, and memorable. And then um, after like a few months, I was like, I should be Miss Movies because then I can separate that from. You know, I taught elementary school, and I sure. didn't want people looking me up and finding, you know, that I write about movies, and for some reason, maybe that being an issue, I don't know why it would be, but you never know. You never like, know. Teachers, you never have know. To be, teachers have to be careful. Exactly. Yeah. you got to be careful. I remember seeing, um, we had posted in our teacher's uh, lounge, like the old school rules of teachers, oh, wow. and one of them was that... They teachers were not allowed to go to like the local ice cream shop. Like that was one of the things they weren't allowed to do because like then students could see them there or something like. Is that from the fifties or something? Probably something like that. And I thought yeah. interesting. Like, Maybe it's like the Simpsons rules. when Bart sees Principal Skinner at the laundromat and it just changes his whole perspective. You're like it's you. yeah, you're not allowed <laughs> to have that outside perspective. Yeah. So how did you transition? Was it just through the growth of the internet that you started to do the videos and the podcast? Um, that's a great question. I, the podcast, I, I was invited to do a podcast in 2007 called The Film Vault. And originally I, and that's with Bald Brian mm. of Adam Carolla Show and Anderson Cowan, who used to engineer Loveline. And um, the I was invited on that because Bald, Brian, and my husband uh, were in the same fraternity together, so they knew each other, and and Brian knew that I I wrote about movies, and he wanted a female voice on the show. And And and, was he Bald, Brian, at that point? 
Yes. Like he was doing Adam Carolla. Yes, as, he yeah. was. Um, and I did. I originally said no to their offer mainly because I just I didn't didn't see myself as an a personality on podcasts, someone mm. that could really speak about film. I just didn't think that was my strength. And um, said, you know, my husband's a little more verbal. You probably want him <laughs> on your show. Like, I just thought it was going to be one episode. I didn't think it was going to be anything that was had longevity. And they said, no, we want to we want a girl. So why don't here's kind of the segment idea. It's called Red Light, Green Light. We're going to have you pitch movies that are in development, and then we will decide whether or not we'll give them the red light or the green light. And so I, I tried it out the first time and I thought I did pretty good on my first one out and had some good like chemistry with both of the hosts. So we kept doing it and I did that for seven years. That's a long time. uh, That is a long time. And I would, I would fluctuate like I would be on a lot and then I would have breaks and there was never really a set I think the downfall of that was there was never a set time that I would come in. Like, it would have been nice if it was like, we'll do this once a month or we'll do this every two months, you know. But it was never set. So it would go from being on every week to being on once a month to being on once every two months to eventually being on just twice a year. And I just felt like, okay, there's no... I I don't really have a purpose here anymore, so maybe it's time to move on. Yeah. Um, which is what I did, and and before that, before it became just twice a year, I I started doing my own podcast, which is called Miss Movies Minute, um, and that did relatively well on iTunes, which was kind of surprising, and I think that was because we were on the Adam Carolla Network at the time okay, well. when I started that, and so my particular show was not a part of the Adam Carolla Network, but it was heard about because of people listening to the Film Vault, sure. um, and... So I did that for about a year, and then I moved across town and couldn't really keep all... I I felt like I just couldn't keep my life together of movies and having two kids and... You're still teaching? I don't teach anymore. But were you at that point? At the point um, when I was starting my podcast, when I started my own podcast, Miss Movies Minute, which was my first one by myself, um, I was part-time teaching. Because I had just had my daughter. And so through that year, I was teaching first, third, and fifth reading. And it was like four days a week. And it was three hours a day. And it was like the, uh, maybe four hours a day. And it was it was the best job mm. like I had ever had. Because it was just the best part of teaching, which is just teaching. Um, sure. And then when my husband got an offer to work for Riot Games, that's on another side of Los Angeles. And it's only like... From where we lived at the time, it was probably about 18 miles, maybe less from our house. Mm. But when you live in Los Angeles, like, you have to understand, like, 10 miles is like an hour of <laughs> traffic, maybe. And that's, like, at a regular time. Yeah. But could be, like, two hours of commuting to work, to work and then two hours home. So my husband said, um, we're moving mm. to the other side of town. So when we did that, I quit my job because I was working, you know, close to home and I wasn't going to do the two hour commute to get to my job for my part time job at the time. And and I was pregnant with my son. So it was a lot. It was a lot Mm. of transition. And then I kind of shut things down for 
for a good amount of time and then started back up with Six Degrees of Future Film, which is uh, now an on-camera show. When it first started for a year, it was just a podcast. And then pretty much almost exactly a year to the date, we switched it to... um, we switched it to on camera, and now it's a live show that you can watch on Wednesdays uh, at ten thirty a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we have a live audience, and we sometimes interact with them if we like what they're saying in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a you know, kind of like a Twitch channel, but yeah. um, on YouTube. That's cool, and that's um, really where you see the rest of your work going into that kind of. It's going to be video focused and interactive. Video and interactive is definitely the way that I see it going. Um, I like I like being able to know that there's an audience that's watching and that mm. actually like ha- is invested in in the show and they like offer their ideas and I I find that to be really important and mm. satisfying. Um, I also do a show called Film Therapy which I do on Thursdays at 10:30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, pretty normally sometimes it fluctuates time depending on the guest um and that one is just is just a web series it's not a podcast although it probably should be but i just (laughs) it's a matter of i'm just saying that right now i realized oh i didn't post my podcast like for six degrees this week i gotta go back and do that because like it's just a matter of i'm a one-woman show i don't have i have a sound engineer that'll come sometimes on Mm. wednesdays um, which I found through the kind of funny community. What oh, do you excellent. know? Um, but, but it, everything else is just me. So I post the shows. I do all the thumb. Well, I don't do thumbnails. I'm going to start doing like more custom ones. Um, but I do all the annotations on all of the, on all of the episodes and the SEO editing and, yeah. and all that. So it's, it's a lot. It's a, in itself a full time mm. job, which is kind of silly. And was it, it was it difficult to dis- make that decision that this is going to be everything I do now, or was it just it evolved to a point where yeah, over, like you just realized, oh, I could just do this. Right, now. it just kind of evolved. There was a moment um, back in 2016 where I started the ball started rolling in terms of like being on Screen Junkies and being on mm. other other channels, and I felt like. This is the time where I need to make a decision of if I'm going to go all in and really focus on becoming a host. And my goal was to be on other shows and like be a movie pundit, if you will. The collaboration um, seems yeah. like a pretty big part of, of what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Collaboration and definitely like wanting to host for someone else. Like I... I would love to be a regular on those shows. How do I get to do that? And so I started focusing on that. Um, and so in July, what I did is I took a boot camp for hosting. And basically what happens is you go to this two-day boot camp, which is like $1,000 or whatever. And um, then from there, you are invited by the, by the director of the boot camp to continue studying with them or maybe they just give you recommendations of what you should do next. Um, so I was invited to join the school and I've been doing hosting class ever since last July, um, weekly with Marky Costello, which is like the number one hosting agent in all of Los Angeles. That doesn't mean she represents me, Mm. but it does mean that like she knows of all the opportunities that are coming down the pike 
And if she finds that something that I might be right for something, she'll submit me because I'm part of her school. Okay. So it's almost like half representation. Kind of. A little bit. There's nothing currently that's like a signed deal with her Mm. company. Um, And I am actually seeking representation at this time. So being in class obviously helps Mm. uh, put me kind of at the forefront of what someone might want to pick up as a client. And when you're talking about hosting boot camp, like what are the finer things that you learn? Because like so much Mm. of it seems to be a natural ability to communicate and... You know, like you see Greg Miller, and I don't know mm-hmm. if he was ever trained. This is how you host specifically, sure. mm-hmm. but he was always talking on camera and becoming more comfortable with it. So I'm sure that you, without boot camp, learned so much of that thing through trial and error. But what did they, what were they able to teach you that you couldn't just kind of figure out? Oh, teach me. Well, what they, they give you, there's certain elements that she teaches you, and I don't know, like, if I'm legally allowed to give all of her secrets away. Um, But I can tell you some things like um, what we work on most of the time is like piggybacking off of what the last thought is or the last word of what the person has just said. Like segues? Segways. Like the fact that I just repeated the word segues means that like that's how you piggyback is like listening and focusing on the other person because what she finds is like... A good host is someone that's not trying to get to their next point. A good host is someone that is listening to the other people and then using what they have given you to get to another point. Maybe that was a point that you weren't thinking about Mm. trying to hit. Maybe it was something else, but that's the beauty of being a good host is being able to go with what's happening rather than trying to focus on your outline. Yeah, right. It's kind of like going in without an outline almost. Especially with interviewing. Interviewing is a whole different other animal. And I've learned how to become a better interviewer because I don't focus on, like, certain questions. Mm. I don't know. So that's one thing. Piggybacking. Another thing is trying to... We have the engage, enlighten, and educate, the three E's. Like, you want to engage your audience with the creative of the show. You want to enlighten them with what you know about it and what you can, how you can, in some ways, educate them, engage, enlighten, and educate. But you also want to reveal about yourself. Like, a good host is going to reveal something uh, personal about themselves, and they're also not going to have a filter about it. Okay. So, those are some, those are some basics that I've learned, especially the reveal part, um, I think that's become more of the forefront of hosting is like being able to connect with a host Mm. and that's what people really like. So if you stay on the surface and you don't really ever reveal about yourself, then you're just going to fall into the, to the, and fall in line with all the other hosts. Just like everyone else. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. And so you're obviously a mother as well. And how does that fit in with something that I imagine is so demanding of your time and energy Mm -hmm. and just always trying to do I guess more and more all the time all the time I'm trying to do more and more that's for sure um what's really hard and what's the struggle is I'm a stay-at-home mom like I don't hosting does not pay my bills in fact I actually like it costs me a lot Mm. of money to host I take these classes I took the boot camp I um pay for everything that I do for costuming for let's say going on the movie trivia showdown for collider um, any appearances that I go on, I 
am always usually up to date on some sort of geek wardrobe, mm-hmm. which I like. I mean, these are all like... It's, it's fun, yeah. It's buying things and doing things for myself as a hobby is how I see it. Um, and I I just don't make any money. I'm in the hole way more <laughs> than I am. I, I think my YouTube channel has like a total cumulative of $50 that's made on AdSense. <laughs> um, so think about that for a moment. Um and I get my makeup professionally done, like, for for hosting. And I've learned a lot, too. Like, not only that, but, like, because I was starting to do that, because I was starting to get it professionally done so I could look good on camera on other shows that I go on, and I just wanted to um, look professional. I want to look professional because the whole idea is you want to dress for the job that you want, mm-hmm. right? Not the job you have. And... I definitely take that very seriously. Um, so it costs a lot of money to do things like get someone to do your makeup. And then I just decided, you know what? Maybe I should start learning how to do that. And YouTube was excellent because yeah. it taught me how to how to do makeup. And so now I can do a lot on my own. And I don't feel like I'm such a an amateur makeup person when I see myself on camera. When I know that I've done it myself, I'm like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> you know? But... All of these elements, again, going back to being a mom, I feel very guilty because I, this isn't my job. This doesn't make me money. This is my hobby. And should I be with my kids all the time? Should I be volunteering at the PTA? Should my, all my time be with my children? And I feel guilty about about it not my focus not being always on them and I don't know why I feel that way because I think when people think oh that's a you're a stay-at-home mom I think they automatically think that means that I must be in the PTA that I must be volunteering at the school that I must be going on field trips like I feel like that that's the stigma because you know when they're looking for a room mom a room mom for school, which is basically like the mom that's going to put everything together, all the parties and stuff like that. They're like, well, you stay at home. Why don't you do it? I'm like, I stay at home, but that doesn't mean that I am just focused on my kids. Yeah. And. You're on YouTube, so. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I'm sorry. I have a show that I need to do. Like, you know? Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to constantly have that struggle of. Because I do pick them up from school every day. Mm. I'm with them from the time I drop them off, obviously. Yeah. And then I come home and I work on um, all the things for my brand, which is Miss Movies. Miss Movies is my brand. Um, And then from the time I get them from school, which is not a lot of time, by the way. Like, it's not a lot of time to work every day and try to see movies that are current. So I'm up on things that are current. Catching up on old movies. Right. I got to catch up on... I got to see things that are current. I got to catch up on the old movies. I got to, you know, practice my trivia. And I need to do my own shows. Like, there's not enough time. I also need to run a household. So I got to do chores. And I got to clean up. And it's... There's not enough time from the time they go to school to the time that I go to get them to do what I would like to do all the time. Mm. And and I think that might get better as they get a little bit older because kindergarten is a shorter schedule than what I've been used to um, for preschool. And 
I know I have an, one more year with my son with that kind of schedule hmm. where it's shortened because he, uh, he'll be in kindergarten and not next year, but the following. And I'm, so I'm gearing up for that because I'm like, okay, we're going to get back to that short schedule where I can't do anything. And I'm looking forward to having like an extra 30 minutes hmm. even. Even if it's just 30 extra minutes, like it's something. You might be able to start a new show with the kids to kind of like, you I've know, thought about this. spend more time together. Sure. <laughs> I've thought about, there's a lot of YouTube families and I mm. just can't stand them. Um, but um, I've thought about like a family Twitch channel where it's like Saturday morning gaming, kind of like Saturday yeah. morning cartoons because my kids, my son is actually very good. He's four. He's very good at Mario Kart 8. And I was like, but it's He'd so funny. fit in funny. well up here. Yeah, it's so <laughs> funny to like watch the struggles that they have and how emotional they get about everything. And I was like, this could be a funny like Twitch like mm. show. We should figure this out where we all game together. That and <laughs> who knows? I'd watch it. I'd all watch right, it. good, good. I will, uh, I'll figure that out. That'll yeah. be next. Awesome. So what would you say is the hardest thing about hosting and maybe your specific journey through it? Um, the hardest thing about hosting, I would say... <sighs> hosting my own show, there's not really much that's hard. Prep can be hard because, like, it's so much easier. Like, my show, Film Therapy, I have very little prep that I need to do for that because it's the same three questions each time and yeah. it's, that's pretty easy. It, like, writes itself. I don't really have to do anything. Um, but for Six Degrees, a feature film, we take one film and we show how six other films link up to it in some random way or shape or form. Well, what I like to do is we start with, like, three core films that we're going to focus on and then we branch off of those and so you we really have to research three or four films and have all the information about them so it's like going over who directed it when did it come out uh what's the synopsis who are the main stars what was the box office reception um any academy awards what kind of trivia can we bring about this about this movie and so like you have to do all that for about four films and then it's just a matter of prepping. That's probably the the hardest part, um, especially when it comes to guests. So with Six Degrees of Feature Film, it's myself and Stacey Howard. We're co-hosts of the show. And sometimes we'll have a guest. And I had noticed, like, since January or even before then, we had had a guest every single week. And coordinating a guest is a lot harder than people think, especially since I was also doing film therapy. So I had to coordinate a guest for that, too. So I was coordinating two sets of guests every week and it's like with a guest for six degrees i usually ask them like can you give me about 10 films that you are interested in discussing we're not going to talk about all 10 we might only talk about one of those like but i need about 10 and i'll see if i can like narrow it down to three of these and then we'll figure it out from there and um even with that like people get me their lists late and then it's like okay now i have to go through and figure out first of all do I have time to see maybe three new films? Because if they don't have any films that I've seen, I'm going to have to watch stuff. Um, and then if I have time to do that, then great. If I don't, then I might like th keep two and then throw away one and go with one that I've already know I know already. So <laughs> and they're all things you do to make sure that the product is something that is entertaining and right. 
cohesive. I love having guests on, but the the coordination is just so... It takes a lot of time to coordinate people and to get them on the same page and make sure they know what's happening Mm. for the show, like how the show's going to go, and all the different segments, and what's expected of them. And um, it's a lot. Mm. It's a lot. And then if we can't get them there, how we can do it via Google Hangout, which is another animal. Mm -hmm. Um, And most of the time... We've been lucky enough that we haven't had to do too many Google Hangouts um, with myself and Stacy and someone else because uh, it's a, it's a lot harder just to coordinate that in some ways than it is to say, "Hey, come over to yeah. my house, let's do this," yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know all about that. <laughs> I think <laughs> the, I think you, I think you contacted me like a year ago to I don't know what show it was for, and oh, it yeah. was like. Hmm, time difference could be a bit could of a, be a factor. problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm glad that we uh, can actually sit down. Right. <laughs> time good. difference is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that does sound like a big thing to work through what you've just described. But what about actually just putting yourself out there? Because that, mm. like, to me as someone that isn't a YouTuber or a host, feels like it would be difficult a lot of the time, especially with. Mm-hmm the way that comment sections are and being a woman on the internet can be a dangerous thing (laughs) just in and of itself. So how do you deal with that? Do you just not pay attention to it? Because I I know you you want the good feedback, but you, right. And some of the bad feedback, like some of the constructive negative feedback you you probably do want to improve, but then there's the trollish things and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So how does that That kind of stuff is hard. Um, but I've learned a lot from, from other women that are in a similar situation that might have might be a little bit I don't know how to describe it more advanced in the hosting world mm-hmm. I, I guess I would say you like, look up to them yeah, yeah you know a mentor in a way um, but this girl Alicia Malone was like I I got to the part and maybe you know Alicia Malone she's from Australia she's a great host. And if you don't, you should follow her. I, I like pimp her out all the time. I'm like, Alicia Malone's the best. If you love movies, um, she's incredible. She's on this uh, Filmstruck by uh, the Criterion Collection. They started Filmstruck, which is kind of like their Netflix or whatever. Okay. And she's one of the hosts, so you'll see her pop up to introduce films. Um, she's incredible. And her advice, and I've had her on my shows, but her advice is like, never read the comment section because it doesn't do you any good. She's like, at first I I did, because I would like the praise, obviously. Mm -hmm. She's like, but... um, And then there'd be the criticisms. And she's like, and then I would find myself trying to adjust to meet those criticisms. And when you do that, you're not only being inauthentic to yourself, you're being inauthentic to your audience, Mm -hmm. because that's not who you are. You are a host, which is not a character. You're not trying to improve a character that you're making. You're trying to you know, convey your message and your point of view. And basically people are trying to give you pointers to be a better, like what a better host they think, but that's Mm. not what you're there to do. You're there to be yourself because a host is yourself. And I thought that's really interesting that Mm. she says that. So she's like, so they say things like she doesn't smile enough or something. Mm, And then I'd start to smile more. And then (laughs) that's like, but this isn't me. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, there's no good that comes from comment sections. Like, no praise is enough for you to, like, look at 
all of it because you're going to get all of it. Yeah, especially on YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, the cipher spaces are obviously your own channels. Um, but even then, you'll get some people on there depending on like how many subscribers you have that are just going to be jerks and you just block them because it's easier when you're on your own channel as opposed to being on someone else's channel yeah and even i even see people trying thinking that they're being complimentary but they're just sleazy or you know sleazy or just rude like ah there was one backhanded compliments right there was one she had posted a photo alicia had posted a photo of recent photo shoot because she just wrote a book just like you have um and her book comes out August 1st, and it's called Backwards and in Heels, and um, it's about women in the film industry. So she did this photo shoot to like put the picture on the back of her as, you know, about mm. the author. And someone had commented like about her appearance, like, you're beautiful, but this, this particular like uh, makeup isn't really like, it's a little harsh on, or something. I don't know. It was some, yeah. some weird... But what's she meant Comment. to do with that? Like, she's yeah. chosen that Yeah, and then, like, all these people come back to this person, like, why do you, like, you know you can just not say anything, <laughs> right? Like, you don't have to yeah. actually say anything, especially because it's on Twitter, so it's directly to yeah. the person. It's like, does that make you feel better that you... Express that yeah. idea, yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're the art director or something yeah. that's like, which would be a different criticism yeah. that someone's maybe like, okay, well, let's fix that. Yeah. You know? Like she know. said, what does everyone think of this? Yeah, yeah. right. Ah, the joys it's so of social media. And her shirt, it was like, there was one on our Instagram that says, the future is female. And what it's supposed to represent is that her book is about women in film mm-hmm. and how, you know, the future is more women in film. Like, that's what this shirt is representing. And, like, she goes into this whole, like, the paragraph about how that's what it's all about. Mm. And then there would be people that would comment, like, well, I don't agree with this shirt. I don't understand what your shirt is trying to say. I'm like, no, you don't, because you're a man and you're just seeing, you're just seeing the shirt. You're not actually reading, yeah. like, what she has to say about it. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, thanks. Mm. Thanks, everyone. So, stay away from from comments. Is stay your away advice? from the internet yeah. comments. <laughs> Do you have any general advice for people that want to get into hosting? Advice for people that want to get into hosting: um, start with a YouTube channel. Like you have to build your brand, mm-hmm. and um, that's what we work on in class: is building your brand. And what is your brand? And how is it different from someone else's? And that's kind of where we want to focus. So if I like movies, so my brand is obviously movies, but how is it different with me as opposed to someone else next to me? Like, how do I set myself apart from someone else? Um, so you have to start start a YouTube channel or a podcast or whatever is creative and inspiring to you. And um, you want to constantly be creating content, weekly content. And that's what we learn in class. You have to be creating content weekly. Otherwise, people are just going to pass you mm-hmm. by. Because if you're not doing that, then you're not sellable, as they okay. say. Yeah. You got to be sellable. You got to sell yourself. Yeah. It's a lot of hustle. Like, it's a lot of me, like, contacting people being like, when can I be on your show? Hey, mm-hmm. or networking. You know, yeah. like and if putting, I, you, I can see you putting yourself out there, like mm-hmm. asking people to ask 
the shows yeah, right. to request you. I can't always like hustle. Like there just comes a time where it's like, okay, I've done enough. I need to just step back for a moment. Like if other people want to see me elsewhere, let people know that you want to see me elsewhere. Because it means more from it does. A, a fan to say you should get this person than for someone to pimp themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's so much easier because then it's like, all right, see, these people would like to have me on, right, mm. right, right. <laughs> Twitter is a big tool. Mm. That is how I got my foot in the door with Screen Junkies and being, you know, a guest over there on some of their shows um, every so often. Like, that is really how I met them. It's kind of also how I met uh, the Schmozno through and Collider mm-hmm. as well when they first were starting up. Um, that's partially Twitter and partially I was friends with one of their co-hosts. So there's two ways to mm-hmm. that one. And the community yeah. aspect of it is... Community aspect. As well. yeah. And then use use opportunities that you can if you if you're able to do so, like in terms of with kind of funny, like mm. their Patreon has a tier that's like be a guest on the show. And I was like, well, I'm gonna do that because not only not only for a it from a fan perspective, mm. but also from a business perspective. Like that is a business transaction mm. that I did with them because I'm like, here's another way for exposure for me. Mm. As a host. And it seems like that's a move that's paid off for you. It paid off a lot. (laughs) It did. That's good. I was like, I've seen the back end on that, so. Investment. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, my last question that I ask everyone is, if Mm. you're guaranteed to succeed, what would you do? Oh, if you're guaranteed to succeed, what would you do? To be honest, and I've thought about this a lot, and I talked to my husband about this Uh, all the time like I want to be Maria Menounos owns like After Buzz Um, there's Screen Junkies there's Collider there's all these networks Mm -hmm. that are that constantly produce content I want to be that like I want to be the Maria Menounos that like has all these shows on her network on her After Buzz network which uh, After Buzz is a whole other animal it's not a very it's a um it's an animal that a lot of people work work all their hosts they are hosts for free so there's a lot of turnover um which i personally believe like you should pay your hosts um but i understand their model it's basically like you're welcome to come and do your content but we're gonna own your content like i get i get it um and once you're once you're done you're done and that's it We'll see you later, and maybe we'll keep your content, and we'll continue with more other hosts that are going to do it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or even like I don't know if you know Hyper RPG Twitch channel, but that's another one, or Geek and Sundry, yes. or Nerdist in a yep. way. Not really so much Nerdist, but um, yeah, I would love to be ahead of something that I've created. Like I would love to create Geek and Sundry okay. sort of thing. That's cool. But I don't know if I'll get there, and that's okay if I don't, because I you have to start somewhere, and you have to start small. That's mm. how they all start. I mean, it seems like you're doing everything you need to do to get there. You can't right. force that to happen. It's no. just like you're you take putting... opportunity And you're putting in work to do that. Mm-hmm. Which... Putting in work, which is where we are that's on exactly this show. Oh, my gosh. Look at that segue. Yeah, I learned that. I learned, I learned that from you. Okay. It's branding, right? It is. Yeah. You gotta sell it. We're cool. gonna sell it. We're gonna sell 
some putting in work merch soon, right? Yeah, I was wearing um, the shirt around yesterday. Okay, great, yeah. great. It's a it's a one of two shirts, so mm-hmm. I'm not quite at the level of producer slash seducer. But. I don't have any shirts <laughs> currently, although we do have a designer, mm. so that's exciting. That's exciting. And I've been spending a lot of time with Ben this uh, this week, having a lot of fun. Ben with, Bellevue, yeah, uh, the engineer for Six Degrees of Future Film. Yes, yes, yes the sound engineer. <laughs> Shout out mm-hmm. to Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. listening. And thanks for doing this with me because, I mean, we've been trying to figure something out for so long and I only yeah, had to fly across the world to do it. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just a little, what, 20 hour flight. Yeah, close <laughs> enough, yeah. What is it, It 18? felt like 20. It was th- uh, an hour to Sydney and then 13 hours to... Okay, uh, to so 14 hours. Yeah. That's a long time. And very little sleep. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. For having me. That was Brianne Chandler. You can find her on Twitter at Miss Movies. You can find her on YouTube at youtube.com slash missmovies and her website missmovies.net. As always, you can catch me on Twitter, hit me up at Jono himself, and until next week, keep putting in work. <laughs>